Hello listeners, it's Michael here. I just wanted to introduce this episode really quick. On today's episode, we wrap up Season 2 of Gundam I Hardly Know Him. We do our final discussion on Zeta, and we are joined by the lovely Johnny of Mobile Suit Blackman, which is a great YouTube channel you should check out. Um, we will be taking a couple weeks off, just doing some bonus content uh, for the next two weeks, and then we will be right back with Season 3 covering Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. So we'll see you then, and we appreciate you listening to us. Bye. Welcome to Gundam, I Hardly Know Him, the book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series and movie in release order. I'm Michael Pippen, and I'm joined by two guys who did all their Christmas shopping in Von Braun City. I got Simon. Hello. And we got Christian. Hey, yo. And today, for the first time ever, we are joined by a special guest. Uh, You know him from his YouTube channel, Mobile Suit Black Man. We are lucky to have Johnny Blackman. How's it going, everyone? Glad to be here. Thanks for coming. We're glad to have you, Johnny. This is very <laughs> exciting. I just I feel like we finally made it to a legitimate place as a show. Yeah, and <laughs> we also we're all embarrassed by how bad the show is. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Likewise, you know, cheap. I'm I'm legitimized as a YouTuber by being invited to a podcast, so this is mutually working out for both of us. This yeah. is called Mutual Aid, fellas. This is so good. I texted all of my friends and family before this, and I was like, look, I know we haven't spoken in weeks, but don't bother me tonight. I have a guest on my podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's a big YouTuber. No, it's not Jake Paul. It's not KSI. Oh, God. <laughs> or PewDiePie. We're joined by Johnny and Jake Paul, actually. <laughs> you know, if I ever get that big, something's gone wrong. The, only, the next logical step is doing boxing matches apparently so yeah um uh let me raise you one johnny um it's like hey what's up i got a little beef with jake paul so he's going in the hyakushiki i'm manning the psycho gun and we're gonna like settle this the old-fashioned way oh man is he supposed to fight uh he's supposed to fight mayweather i think uh logan logan paul logan is so the older one and i think jake paul's trying to fight um conor mcgregor I don't oh, like. I, no. I think they're both just trying to get their asses kicked. I don't understand the play there. <laughs> Hi, what's up? I'm Simon. I'm trying to fight a garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, Johnny. I wanted to give you the opportunity now to tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel, um, when you started it, and uh, kind of what your kind of mission statement is uh, with your channel. Sure. Um, I started the channel in the the summer of the pandemic, 2020, um, thinking that, you know, I jumped back into the hobby and just really wanted to document my progress and share it with the next generation. When I began building Gunpla, we didn't have YouTube and the Internet was still in its infancy for documenting this type of thing, you know, if you wanted to learn how to panel line or scribe, uh, the people that were doing that weren't taking pictures and video and putting them online at that point. So 
Um, whether or not I'm doing anything significant, I figured it's a public service to document what I'm doing, leave it for the next generation, and they'll decide. Um, the only the only goal or kind of criteria I have for guiding the direction of the show is would my 16 year old self enjoy it, and <laughs> it, you know if if we stay on track with that, I'm good to go. So that's awesome. I like really appreciate that way of looking at it. I think that's kind of what I try and think about the podcast is if, you know, if I was just a fan of the series, would I get enjoyment out of listening to us talk about the show? And, I, you know, obviously I, I have my two, three of my best friends uh, to do with, so I know I would like it. But um, I think, yeah, it's just important to, you know, have uh, that kind of, you know, mentality. But also, uh, too, uh, <clears throat> I will say YouTube was extremely formative in my uh, or at least helpful in my journey through Gumpla and like getting getting to model kits and learning how the specific techniques around things, which tools to get and stuff like that. So, And Johnny, you mentioned you had put down the hobby for 20 years. Was the pandemic and the YouTube channel your entrance back into the hobby? So it, uh, to be completely real, um, I guess the summer of 2018, I was going through, you know, getting to the next stage of life and moving and all of that stuff. And my hobbies have kind of always been there for me. Like a lot of kids in the, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s, I'm a child of divorce and leaned on my hobbies to kind of, you know, be that thing that was consistent. And Gunpla and Gundam was consistent for me. And, you know, I, I, kind of turned my back on it to grow up and when I needed it it was there so I did some research after gosh over a yeah over a decade between college and and 2018 um just kind of say hey what's what's going on with gunpla I know what's going on with video games or anime or whatever but what's going on with gunpla and wow I was blown away at the new line of kits the new technology, the new perspective with having YouTube and the internet and social media. So I was ready at that point to just jump back in. And that was over a year ago. So after a year or so, I decided, okay, well, if you're really going to do this, just document it and put it on YouTube and see what happens and have fun with it. And, you know, if the, if the only thing I get out of it is some really cool videos to show my nephews, then that's fine. It didn't right. cost me anything. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but you know, the community's been awesome. Uh, folks like you, it's great to meet and chat and, you know, share a love of something uh, and, you know, move forward and push forward together. Yeah, I Hell think yeah. that that's one of the things that I've realized the most about the hobby, especially because I think all of us are mostly new, especially to Gumpla. I've watched Gundam for a while, but very much new to model kits. Christian's done it for a little longer. But the community surrounding it is so supportive of each other, it seems, um, and just so, like, welcoming. And, you know, like last night, um, I know that you and I were both in the um, the, the live stream. Uh, I can't remember. Why, why can't I remember his name? Oh, um, Gunpla, Gunpla University. Yeah, in, in Gunpla University's live stream. And then I joined the Discord as well, and it's just, like, very welcoming. Um, you know, everybody seems to take the time to, like, want to make each other better. But uh, one question I had, coming back into the hobby, you said you did some research. What was that first kit that you picked up coming back into the hobby? Oh, that's a good question. This is a great question. The first kit I picked up after 
I think it was, oh gosh, let me put an exact number on it for you. 14 years. I took a 14-year break, and wow. I came back to the real grade Wing Zero Custom from Endless Waltz. Oh, classic. Yeah, I uh, I had built it as a high grade, as a perfect grade, and you know, just very familiar with the design, and said, hey, I like the line, I like this suit, I'll give it a try. And it's yeah. it's great. It's it's in the pose that you know I kind of set on the with the dual Buster rifles together and the angel wings spread out from the from the OAV. Uh, it's, yeah, that last shot that that endless waltz to me was such an iconic. Well, I knew of it, I knew of it as a movie, but uh, to me that was like the holy grail when that was on Toonami was like. Cancel oh yeah! All my cancel all my plans. Like that's all I because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't record it or anything back then. I didn't have DVR yet, so that was like so. <laughs> well, see, you say that. I as a kid, I was recording all of the anime that they were showing on Toonami with a VCR, and then editing out the commercials yes. so that I could <laughs> make copies of those for kids at school and sell them to them, that's so awesome. they wouldn't miss out. Uh, and, you know, how much? How much did you sell a tape for? How much would it take? Uh, it was just like a few of those, like five bucks would get you like, I guess like maybe a week's worth of the show. So five episodes at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like on this show, we have to reinforce, like we love piracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm from, I'm from that generation where we didn't have DVR and all those things were just like brand new technology. So like, if you wanted to see a new anime, you had to wait for someone to download it translate it and make a subtitle or a fan uh, a fan dubbed version of it um and then share it on limewire and then hope it didn't infect your computer limewire <laughs> yeah. yeah you know stuff like that uh is where i kind of cut my teeth on getting anime digitally that was still you know i still think yeah. of that as new to me um streaming is brilliant i i just can't believe this stuff has come so far Oh, it's so easy. It's at your fingertips now. Yeah, good to talk about and just like, you know, reminisce on the the old times, but also just realize how lucky we are. So it's like, you know, whenever I started rewatching some of the Gundam stuff um before we started the podcast, I like I was like just like I don't even I don't even know how to watch anime like in this format where I can just watch it all at once, you know, one episode after the other. Mm-hmm. I'm so used to like catching one episode then being at football practice the next day so i miss an episode and then like not knowing what the hell happened to goku you know the day before or whatever so <laughs> yeah. it's, oh, it's great yeah. it's you know it's so cool to be able to just sit down and watch them all i realized early on that was a lifestyle where you had to choose between every other activity <laughs> or you know seeing an anime or yep. playing a game or whatever yeah that's yeah that's exactly yeah how how it had to be cuz yeah there was no way to no way to find them after they aired at, you know, whatever, 3 o'clock p.m., you know? Like, that yeah. was it. That was your one opportunity. What are you going to do? Wait three months to see what happened to <laughs> Goku or Hero <laughs> or, you know, Tenshi yeah. or whatever? You catch, like, what you finally get to watch an episode, and it's just Goku, like, powering up for the whole episode to become it. Super <laughs> Saiyan 3. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be another 300 episodes before we start this whole thing over, so good luck. <laughs> Um, so one thing I wanted to do um, before we get into our Zeta wrap-up episode is play a little game um, where I'm going to ask Johnny some questions. We're going to do a little speed round of questions, just quick questions. I'm going to call this Mobile Suit Gundam Speed Round. Woo! 
Okay, not illegal. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Gundam Seed, but different. Gundam Michael. Speed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very different so, show. All right, so the first question is, what was your first Gundam series? My first series, um, let me think. Gosh. It would probably have to have been Gundam Wing. I would, yes, I would assume. I figure that must be most Americans' most... answer. Wait, or G- Gundam series or anime series? Yeah, Gundam series. Yeah. Gundam series, yeah. Gundam Wing, for sure. Okay. Uh, what's the most recent Gundam series that you watched? Ooh, um... The origin. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite YouTube channel? Oh, this can be wow. anything. It doesn't have to be Gundam related. Favorite YouTube channel. Um, it's called Food for Dogs, and it is this British older lady who plays PlayStation Vita RPGs. And oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, one. that's it. She. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, she plays P- PlayStation RPGs. She reviews them. She collects collector's edition, um, specifically usually sprite based Japanese RPGs. And this is not a thing that you would expect from a very elderly British lady, but she yeah. Yeah, yeah she's like a little grandma that loves video games. <laughs> she's a little grandma that loves video games, like a I hardcore otaku. I'm I'm so glad that was your answer. Um, all right, what is your favorite mobile suit? My favorite mobile suit is the GPO three uh, from Stardust Memory. It is the third variation of the GPO uh, one, two, and three series, and it is the mobile suit that docks with the Dendrobium mobile armor. Awesome. It's um, a lot of words. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we haven't watched *Stars Memory*, but I think I've I've built the real grade of that, so I, I'm a, I'm aware of it, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, okay, who is the best Gundam pilot? Not who's your favorite, but who's the best? Ooh, oh, it's tough. Um, you know, it's tough to put my feelings aside on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Char. And I really don't have a reason. Uh, I think that he has a legacy of being undefeated Mm -hmm. in a lot of different levels. Um, And he's cool. Yeah, he's cool as hell. (laughs) I mean, I didn't necessarily say who's the best at being a pilot. Who's just the best? (laughs) How would you defend the hater? How would you defend Char against the haters? Because there's a lot of people who uh, hate on him. Oh, he's actually Um, not so seeing the origin kind of reinforced my feelings about Char. Um, you know, with all the Gundam series, a lot of the consistency is in the fact that they're child pilots and they're mm-hmm. young forces of people affected by war. Um, Char's got this personal, personal story that goes beyond a lot of what some of the other pilots experience, uh, Camille. Amaro, yeah, um, links, you know, gone through a lot. Um, but I, I, you know, it's it's characters like Char and uh, Mikazuki from Iron Blooded Orphans, where you kind of feel it the most in that they've had mm-hmm. to go through so much from an early age. Um, you start to feel for how far they've come, and 
between Char's counterattack and then the origins, like, man, between being a kid and being like a, a freedom fighter and then being a, you know, revolutionary, you didn't really get much of a break. Right. Um, and that's, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a, being a military brat or just a fan of Char, but I, I see what he's done. I've seen, you know, who he's had to kind of go up against and, you know, new type to new type. Uh, he made it toe-to-toe all the way to the end of Char's counterattack with Amuro. So, yeah. You know, I think so, there's been a lot of discussion on the podcast this season about uh, Char. Um, we haven't gotten to counterattack yet, so we'll, we'll have to see. But I mean, I'm super excited to see... I think what we all decided was that we uh, all need to see. We just need to wait until we've seen Origin to really have an opinion on um, his uh, yeah. ethics, I guess. Story. Because there, there's there's been some great debate on the show recently about Shar, but um, in the the one our one co-host Alex, who's not here, I think he's um, getting me a CD from Hong Kong City. Um, he he's a Shar hater. Uh, he doesn't like <laughs> oh, Shar for, for whatever reason. We don't know why. <laughs> oh. I think I think he's a very um, it's it's hard to describe this any other way. Uh, very Japanese kind of ambiguous hero, uh, or morally ambiguous character, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's I think he's kind of symbolic of a, a lot of different things. I think Unicorn was another attempt to push this idea that the Fetties can be bad, Zeon can be bad, people in general can be bad. Um, it's it's bigger than a faction. Uh, and right. I think that, you know, that was an attempt to kind of get that idea across with Char, you know, flipping in between Zeta and the other yeah. shows that he can be on either side, depending on what his personal motivation at the time is. It's it's just tough. I um I can't imagine having to live that life. Uh I'm I'm comfortably sitting in my place, you know, chilling, drinking a glass of wine, chatting with you guys, and they're real life human beings having to make those types of decisions and calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of frequently have that realization, like when we start talking about the pilots of like, oh shit, like this, like Char is like the like result of like you know a genocide against his whole family, exactly like, from like like right from the bottom up and we're like damn be like i grew up in like white suburban utah chilling man i've just been straight chilling like yeah like damn be like i'm glad that's on me right 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 like my my family's military and i'm one of the first generation to not have to do that and it's like man like you know i i make a whole lot of sacrifices to a point (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> but that's kind point. of like that's kind of like a crazy way to look at the show though of like i'm just like i oh every day like i count my blessings that i'm not like a child mobile suit pilot like that's <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah know, yeah think, uh, he's not but, very but again, old during the one year war i think he's like mm-mm. 18 be, 19 yeah. something like yeah. that and that's incredibly we talk about that young. We talk about that with bright a lot anytime we're like oh bright sucks or like he like made a stupid decision we're always like he's like you know, especially in uh, seventy nine, he's like he's a kid still. Old. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has no business. Yeah. He has no. Bu- he's like, he's like a manager at a Burger business. King. Right, who, right. Like, these are yeah. a bunch of children in all <laughs> yeah. of these different series. That, that you don't get to adults for a while in mobile suit. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Okay, we're, all right. We're gonna speed through some more questions. Um, Keep it going. What, what is your least favorite Gundam series? Ooh, I do not mess with any of those builds. Build divers, build fighters, build in it. No, I can't do it. I actually just got my nephew one of the series for the holidays. I can't. I can't do it. 
Um, Favorite nephew. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, like, in my brain, in my mind, I'm like, why would we just have, like, a Gundam show of a bunch of weird kit bashes when we could yeah. just watch the original shows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we have to watch it at some point, but I'm not looking forward to it. Again, our other co-host Alex is not here to defend the fact that he's like so excited to watch those, and I don't understand. But you know, there, there's there's something else for everybody, I guess. I guess you know, whatever. Okay, what's a Gundam series or movie that you haven't seen? Uh, the MS Igloo. I think it's just like a bunch of. I don't know if it's a bunch of shorts or. Mm-hmm. I am not really sure about that. Um, what else? I haven't seen the Recon Reconquista in G. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's on the list. Uh, but otherwise, I've I've probably seen everything else. That's awesome. Pretty, we've been pretty good about that. G Savior is one to check out for. Oh okay. For uh, if you're looking to de- dig deep. G-shape. Oh, we're we're watching them all, so we'll 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 get there. We're gonna. I think we even decided to watch the SD. So. Oh wow, G Savior <laughs> is the live action that they oh, uh, yeah. actually borrowed the Starship Troopers, uh, yes. set pieces to use. It's awful. It's bad, but it's good. Okay, yeah, isn't it? I think it was made in Canada or something. Oh, you know, probably. an <laughs> interesting little tidbit I found out. I was reading a article on one of the mech designers for the very first show. The, some of the inspiration came from the novel Starship Troopers. The the whole oh. idea of having a, a person inside of a mech or a robot came mm. from that. And ironically, that book was criticized for being very pro, like hyper-militaristic, like very mm. jingoistic, I guess. And the Gundam is like completely anti-war, you know, very critical right, right. of all those things. Um but when you said Starship Troopers, it reminded me of that whole situation. All right. Uh, what is your least favorite character? Hmm. Favorite Ooh. character. I say watch what? Because it could be Hardo. Uh, <laughs> That's true. It could be. <laughs> That's a good one. Um. You know, I'm gonna say Master Asia from <laughs> from oh, wow. uh, G Gundam. He's just mean. Yeah, he is mean. Um. Okay. What's your favorite kit? Favorite kit. Favorite kit is definitely the Dendrobium, uh, the one one forty four HGUC, the uh, big bad mobile armor from Sardis Memory. It's definitely my favorite. Yeah, and Johnny has a video on that kit, which I highly suggest uh, every one of our listeners go watch because it, it's a beautiful kit, and especially the way that you did it, kind of mo- making it more modern and taking the time to really, you know, flesh it out. Um, I thought it was awesome. I was really jealous of how large it is. It's such a such a big boy. It That's just looks so impressive, um, and it's fun. It's thing. different. It's a big old thing, and I like I like that in my gun clothes. But when it's something a little bit different or unusual or large or showy, uh, that that gets me going. Okay, what is the most disappointing kit that you've built? Oh, I know this specifically. The most disappointing kit that I have <laughs> built is a 160-scale, no-grade Freedom Gundam. It was the last kit that I built 
before just like taking a 14 year old. Destroyed your will to build. Back. <laughs> yeah, it, you gotta you gotta remember this is um when Gundam Seed is new and they are putting out a bunch of no grade kits where they're just big kits without a lot of detail um, for mm. part separation or color separation. I, you know, I, I needed that break to let the technology get better um, and to have, like, a new line of kits to be interested in. So, uh, 160, no grade Freedom Gundam. In All right. And everyone should it. know to avoid that one. <laughs> if you can find it. Alone, or else hard not to find. Bill Gumpla for 14 years. <laughs> uh, what is an RG uh, real grade kit that you think should exist? Uh... I think from Gundam Seed, there's the Providence Gundam, which is um, the Char clone in Gundam Seed, uh, pilots that suit. And it's got these cool dragoons that are like these big fin funnels that shoot out. Um, yeah, I think, I think that definitely deserves a real great kit. A uh, mm-hmm. good runner-up is the Goof. Oh, every, yeah. every line of kit needs a good Goof. Grade. Yeah, that's, that's a travesty. I'm surprised. I think the thing that I'm like, why is there not a death scythe or heavy arms real grade yet? I mean, I'm sure it's coming at some point, but I think it's surprising they have so many wing Gundams, but haven't done the other. Um, well, see, that's suits from Gundam wing. Yeah. That's, that's a weird thing about the real grade line is that they're very, you know, pick and choosy. There's only 30, 34 of them, um, mm-hmm. not including the Ava. So, you know, I think, I think the real grade line is probably cut, Thin just to be a testing ground mm. um, for different technologies between the perfect grade, master grade, and real grade line. You'll if you if you'll notice, fun fact, if you go through and look at all of the early perfect grades, there is a real grade version of all of the perfect oh. grades, and so That's you can tell that the technology is shared between the lines. And now we're at a point where they've kind of caught up. So, you know, the, the new real grades are not inspired from any perfect grade, and vice versa. That's wild. Okay, last question. If you had to give up one, would you give up Gumpla or video games? Oh, wow. I decided to do this last minute because you posted a lot of video game content recently. Bro, what oh. the fuck? <laughs> you broke him. <laughs> Why would you even oh, wow. say that? <laughs> you know, at, at, this, at this stage in the game, probably Gunpla. And that's mm. with a heavy heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to give me up either, luckily. So <laughs> yeah, <that's> another... <laughs> uh, the, the video games just barely beat it out by a, a, a decade or so. Um, yeah, video games are great. We talked a lot about video games in uh, the episode that's coming out this week. Um, but yeah, we, we're big video game lovers here. Okay, so that was it for speed round. Or what was it? No, what I call it? Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that. Mobile Suit Gundam Cocaine. Yeah, no, that sounds like it's... <laughs> they don't actually pilot any Gundams. They just do a bunch of coke and steal cars. <laughs> and pretend they're Gundams. <laughs> um, but I did have a, a couple of questions that I wanted to ask just about um, the your YouTube channel and kind of decisions that you've made with it. Um, because the, your channel really spoke to me as a builder because one of the, firstly, one thing we've talked about, uh, quite a bit already is that you do focus a lot on real grades and I, for some reason, master grades and one 100 skills just don't really speak to me. I mostly like 144 scale. Um, and I think that's like 
you know, a lot of the it seems like the most of the main Gundam or Gumpla channels focus on one one hundred scales. So, what is it about real grades that you like so much, and why did you kind of want to focus in on one forty four scale? That's a great question. I think ultimately it came down to having a fresh set of eyes for the hobby and a fresh set of eyes in general as to what's practical for somebody trying to step into such a big, huge world. Um, mm. The real grade line is great because for your time, energy, effort, and money, you're going to get a bit more bang for your buck um, without having to try hard at curating <clears throat> collections. So for me, I wanted to get back into Gunpla, but you know there are thousands of high-grade kits, and there are hundreds of master grade kits but there's only 30 some real grade kits so it seems more easily accessible for a veteran or somebody new to get into a smaller line and mm. learn about that line before they make a jump left or right um to you know if, if to your left is the high grade set of kits well that's great you you know you can access any mobile suit in the Gundam history of their franchises, it's got a high-grade kit. Um, you can practice getting your skills better, painting, scribing, you name it. Um, you'll have a kit there to practice for you. If you go the master-grade route, you're going to spend more money and maybe have less, less access to you know, a variety of kits. Mm. And maybe that's not what you want to do as a new hobbyist. You might want to you know, save your money feet going before you jump into that so the the real great line for me was a good mix of accessibility um, for the price and detail per the size where you're getting the most detailed version of a particular or popular suit without having to go down the master grade or perfect grade you know route and it, it you know for me they fit in with all the high grade kits are the same scale you can mix and match your high grade collection with the real grade collection um and not have it look too weird. And it's, you know, a jumping off point. If you don't like the real grades after a few, you can, you know, explore one way or the other. But it's a good middle-of-the-road litmus for people that may not know. And that's fine to be new to the hobby. I'm certainly, I can I consider myself new after a 14-year break. I didn't know left from right. Um, but after doing, you know, a, a dozen or so real grades, I can say that I have not seen engineering like this. In the early 2000s, I've not seen the level of care to give you a set of decals with every kit. Um, and that makes sense for me, you know. Not everybody wants to do water slides or learn the challenges of scribing their own lines or how to, right. you know, mix paint to get a two-toned effect. That's Those are all things that you can learn, but you shouldn't have to your first year of doing gunplay. Yeah, we're, we're pretty adamant on our last... Um, the last season when we did a wrap up episode where we spoke a lot about Gumpla that, you know, a lot of the content that's out there seems to be so focused on advanced techniques. Um, right. Or, and we just, you know, we're all for the most part box builders with some, you know, here, there, some customization that we do. So it, it is kind of like, I don't know, super refreshing to see people making kits and, you know, talking about kits in that way. Cause like I'm not ever going to set up a spray booth. I don't think, you know, maybe someday if I have a house, but you know, not, not in an apartment. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's exactly uh, the, the thing, you know, you've got 
Uh, for example, Zaku Aurelius is one of the big figures on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mecha Gaikatsu is the other, you know, side of that coin. Zaku Aurelius is a proficient painter and detailer. Um, and Mecha Gaikatsu just started painting his kits this year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's nice to see that the one can teach or show or explain those techniques and the other can, you know, simply show you an out-of-box build um, very quickly. I think mm-hmm. it's great that, to, that the YouTube sphere of, of Gunpla channels has both of those as leaders to kind of show that, oh, okay, well, I can do one or the other. Right. I don't have to fall, you know, into a certain elite group of painters and detailers um, that I can enjoy this hobby just collecting and building. That can be definitely scary and intimidating. I just wanted to ask. Um, so I know Christian is you're not Christian's not anti real grade, but you had a bad real grade experience. Oh my god! Um, I think you bought the first one, and I don't think Simon's like built a real grade. What would be if if you're going to suggest the best starting real grade kit? Which one would you suggest? Um, if you were going to start building real grades and you had to pick one. Mm-hmm. I would pick either the New Gundam or the Mark II. Mm. Oh, Mark II is great. Um, you know, the New Gundam is going to cost you a little bit more, but it's a larger kit, so it may be easier to handle. It may be easier to put together. Um, right. And it's got arguably the best engineering of a 1-140 kit ever in 40 years of Gunpla. So that's kind of a tough one to argue with. Yeah. Um, what what part of the um gunpla is like the biggest um up in detail between a Michael? What type of Gundams do I make again? High grade. I make. Oh, I make high grade. So what is like? <laughs> what is the biggest um or where on the gunpla is the biggest change in engineering? Because um we can talk about this later. We will talk about this later. But I just built the Psycho Gundam, and that was the first uh gunpla that I had that had like um completely movable fingers and i was like damn b like i'm really like fucking boeing is gonna like want to hire me (laughs) but um it's just like because like to to me um and then like of course like i immediately just like made like all the fingers do all like you know the funny hand symbols of course um but where is it like in the torso or um do they add more joints to the fingers or like where where does it come at or where does the detail emerge in um, the uh, high grade? So there's there's usually two places where you can tell that uh, a kit or a grade of kits has kind of started to graduate. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, actually, I can kind of, like, across all of the lines, you'll notice a level of surface detail mm. that will jump. Mm. And then a level of detail in the complexity of the inner frame. So at all levels this past year, every single grade got a graduation. So for like Mm -hmm. the high grade kits, for example, the Moon Gundam has enough surface detail that you might think it was a real grade Gundam, just looking at it. Um, The Barbatos in the Master Grade line, the Barbatos and the Dynamez, have moving pistons and sliding yeah. arm gimmicks oh. that, you know, some of the kids a couple of years back, you know, maybe weren't doing quite as well. Um, 
with the the real grade line, everybody talks about the new Gundam. You can see in the inner frame that they've accommodated, you know, making the kneecaps slide and the shoulders articulate the way that human shoulders do, where they'll pull inwards. Like you can make a Gundam do a hug without it looking like a Rock'em Sock'em robot. Um, the the red frame astray kits, the newer ones, can balance on one leg with a plastic katana. So, wow. you know, that's all due to just the engineering of the inner frame. Um, right. And the detail on the outside, again, like the resin kits and third-party kits are known for having a lot of added layers of detail and scribing and panel lines. Now they're starting to add all of that into, you know, whatever whatever version of high grade, real grade, or master grade that they're making next. So, you know, I mean, again, across really across all of the grades, just look for either more surface detail or mm-hmm. more inner frame engineering that allow kits to bend and contort um, like humans, I guess, to be frank. <laughs> I, I, more I, like humans. Yeah, no, I, I, did a, I did a picture series that was kind of rather graphic on Instagram of all of the real great <laughs> Evangelions, um, uh, you know, enjoying each other's anatomies. And I, you know, it's just, it was, it's just kind of for fun, but I mean, really that you can kind of make a Fifty Shades cool, of Johnny. Grace. Yeah. <laughs> 50, Fifty Shades of Grace situation, you know, out of your gunpla is amazing. <laughs> this gunpla can comprehend grief in loss. <laughs> Seriously. No, thank you for answering that, Johnny. I um, I mean, as you've probably uh, come to realize, I'm very, very new to everything, so I don't even know. Like, I, I just kind of got the grading system unlocked mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but I probably will be asking more questions. Um, but yeah, that was a very good answer. The so the surf the surface scribing like. That's not even, like, more work for the builder, per se, right? Like, that's just, like, a nicer, like, CNC machine. Yeah, or a it's... More preci- yeah. It, it's, again, like, there's a saying that gunpla is freedom, and with the, the panel lines and scribing, even if there are already scribed lines when you open up the kit out of the box, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, advanced or intermediate technique has people rescribing the lines to make them Bro. deeper and more yeah. prominent. By the time you you know finish the kit, and that's, that's again so a cool. small thing to take for <laughs> granted. But like you know, as as the builders are catching up with the engineers, the engineers are having to make the models more detailed in any way they can think of. So very cool. Yeah, now they're now they're you know built in pre-wired LED exoskeletons as part of the the <laughs> models insane. now with the new perfect yeah. grade. So. And the technology yeah. is just getting crazy. They've got wired. Uh, yeah, the, the new perfect grade has the uh, beam saber has an LED built into it. That's oh, so man. cool. <laughs> I like. Yeah, someday. I'll, uh, next time I have like a little bit extra money, you know, I want to get that. Especially the new unicorn. I, think I like am insane. thinking of all of the ways that I can put like a microcontroller in my Gundam or my Gunplus to do like fucked up shit. <laughs> anyway, you can figure that out. So. Yeah, I, well, I guess. Yeah, I guess with like the LEDs, it's something that people had been doing for a while, and then eventually Bandai just decided to build it into the kits they were already producing, uh-huh. which is kind of cool because it's like for somebody like me, I'm not, I don't know if I would ever get enough, you know, proficiency at 
you know, at doing that to feel comfortable doing it. But if it's built in, I can follow the instructions. I definitely feel like, you know, more open to trying that. Well, it's kind of like a mutual aid thing, right? Because the engineers can kind of like, you know, browse like, you know, channels like Donnie's and like see kind of what they um, mm. like want to be incorporating into the Gumplas. Um, so they can like facilitate that for a wider audience. And then mm. like, you know, the individuals can keep kind of like pushing the limits to like kind of maybe like nudge Bandai in the right direction. Because it's like, yo, like we want our Gundams to have fully like voiced lines <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> certainly yeah. given given enough time um bandai and really any major japanese company will figure it out um, yeah you know the there's a there's a bust of the unicorn that they're developing that transforms automatically oh, that's just uh. you know, which is really cool that's going to be great when it comes out but uh, Simon, eventually they're gonna sell real Haros. Can't you, like, are you how excited? I are you? like. I'm very very excited. But are they gonna? Uh, no, they're not gonna be rare Haros. They're gonna be the like the off brand ones like they had in yeah. beta, um, yeah, and they're gonna kind of make you wonder if they're the real Haro or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny, anyway, I got I a quick question Haro. for you. What's the most involved in terms of customization you've gotten uh, with a kit? Um, so in high school, one thing I did enjoy, so my background, uh, is architecture and in high school when I was getting into Gunpla, it was also the same point where I was preparing a portfolio for getting accepted to an architecture Mm -hmm. college. Um, so I was really into kind of doing dioramas at the time with like fake foliage and plant life and outdoor scenes. So... Um, right before I went to school, I'd, I'd done a nice diorama, um, actually from the OAth MS team with a goof, you know, fighting oh, so. the uh, ground Gundams. Um, that famous scene with Captain Norris basically almost takes out the whole, you know, OAth MS team, uh, in in you know one showdown. Um, that took a lot of time of getting the diorama looking a certain way, and then mm. getting the Gundams, you know painted, prepared, and looking a certain way as well. Uh, yeah, I want to say, oh, yeah, I want to say it you know, took maybe a half a year start to finish to get that wow. um, going, yeah. yeah the Dendrobium also that. took a bunch of time, too, but, I mean, I don't, you know, COVID time is different than uh, <laughs> yeah, other times. Not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, won't, I won't count that one, but... Wait, what was the thing in Dragon Ball Z where he can go in that room and he the can work out? The hyperbolic time chamber? Like, <laughs> Yeah, we're all just in a hyperbolic time, time chamber. chamber. <laughs> that's what we're in. That's what I. That's what I tell my uh, my friends. Uh, I try recently. I've been going to my apartment, the Gunpla Studio, to build in short intervals, and I'll call the three day burst the the hyperbolic the hyperbolic time chamber. I go in there, I get a bunch of work done. That's incredible. Get out a lot farther ahead. Yeah, and you're incredible. like super buff too. You like. Got really strong. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Obviously, from building gunplay. Yeah. <laughs> so, in uh, one of the first videos I saw of yours was you covered. I think you called it like the grips conflict, and it was about the Zeta series and about uh, the Zeta gunplay. So, uh, since this is our Zeta wrap up episode, I wanted to ask: uh, When did you first watch Zeta, and like, what has been your lasting impression of the series? I watched Zeta. Oh man, um, it's probably 
probably have to say the early two, yeah, maybe two thousand and four, two thousand and five, two thousand six, something like that. A while ago. And my lasting impression of Zeta was the amount of different types of mobile suits. Um, mm. It's one thing to see Gundam Wing and you get, you know, five Gundams and a Talgis and a Talgis one and a three and a two and an Epion. But with Zeta, they gave you Mark II and the Double Zeta and the Takushiki and Rick Dom and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those crazy, um, you know, the engineered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Q-Blay, you know, yeah. they, 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 they up it a notch. And you realize mm-hmm. that it's an older series than Gundam Wing, so it's got some, kind of that that old school super robot feel right before they kind of tone things down for the 90s and the, the 2000s. Yeah, the, the mobile suits really are like the star of Zeta. Yeah, um, definitely. It set the bar high for shows like Gundam Seed, where Gundam Seed has like 11 Gundams. Yeah. Um, and they look beautiful. But Zeta has got those old school, sexy 80s Gundams where it's like mm-hmm. part Transformer and part uh, He-Man style and part... They just made them G- differently back then. They yeah, just... they were just like, <laughs> you know, we're not quite in the 90s, you know? People are still weird and yeah. goofy. Yeah, let's make some, some Gundams <laughs> that reflect it's that. It's like so. interesting coming off of the like 0079 because the artists probably were like, so limited um on zero zero seventy nine because they were like you know I I always think that the second uh installation of a series is always interesting because you know kind of like the artists are all like okay we won like we did it like this is like successful we're getting like a second season and then they could like kind of get freaky with it and like you can really well not only like the large number of like different Gundams in Zeta but like the breadth of Gundams because like you know it starts out like pretty like you know toned down and then like you get like all these like weird insect Gundams and like yeah these, like, the the thick yellow Gundam at the the Sicar- er, I keep calling him fucking Sicario I'm gonna lose <laughs> <Sicario>. <laughs> yeah Sicario no Sicario's thick yellow Gundam like yeah. that oh. shit looks different. Yes, the big O, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which is like funny as fuck because like big O notation is like a whole thing. Science. <laughs> I think he's just but, called the um, o, the O, right? Is it yeah, big o, o is something else? Big O's a, like a big O series. is a, it's its own anime. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. I think all I may right. have said that last time on accident, Simon. It's all good. Just got me excited, but whenever I'm talking <laughs> about this big yellow motherfucker, I'm always excited. Just <laughs> but like you, n- I've never seen like a mech like that before. Like like even like in any like in Ava in like any other. Well, <laughs> in Ava, Simon like frantically tries to think of another mech. One other mech. Mech. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, no. But um, that's a really good point. That's um, it's interesting to hear, Johnny, because like I'm watching like the only two series I've seen are the series that I've watched for the podcast. So it's kind of like. It's not like all downhill from here, but it's like they definitely uh maybe uh master their craft for like the tone that they want their mobile suits to be um in series uh moving forward. Yeah, it's Zeta's also interesting because they spend a lot of time after what is it, nineteen eighty five when it comes out, they spend a yeah. lot of time filling in the gap between Mobile Suit Gundam 0079 and Zeta. So there's oh. Stardust Memories mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Char's counterattack is mixed in there, and those are you know timeline wise pre Zeta. So to mm. see how the technology rolls from the one year war through the Grips conflict 
you know, it's it's interesting to see how you get from point A to point B from a you know designer standpoint, mm-hmm. and all the mobile suits in between. Yeah, so you know, I wanted to kind of just at this point open it up to general Zeta discussion. We we all just finished watching it recently for the podcast, and we obviously you know finished our coverage. But Christian, for you, how's it been sitting with you as a series? How how are you feeling about Zeta right now? Uh, well, I'll say when I first watched Zeta, I was left with a funny feeling in my stomach, especially how it ends, uh, with uh, you know, Camille just being in this weird vegetative mental state, and you know, the ending just is really somber and it's cruel, and you're left like with this emptiness, like oh god, shit. But it was it. I kept thinking about it. it stays with you. And then uh, mm-hmm. I especially, uh, I think I appreciated it more. I fell in love with it more when I watched the new translation. I'm actually on my second watch through right now. Uh, but yeah, it's, I love it. I love it. All right, Simon, did you, uh, I know whenever we covered the last episodes, you hadn't seen them yet. Were you able to go back and finish off the series? Did you finally catch that ending? Not yet. <laughs> but, but yeah, go ahead. How did it sit with me? Yeah. Um, what I've been thinking of the most, I think that uh, playing the video game really like has uh really opened it up um on how I was kind of like digesting it mm-hmm. because I think that like I don't know, regardless if I like ever watch the last episode. It's, like, comical. It's, like, the last episode. I just, like, never get around to watching. Um, but, <laughs> you're um, scared? I mean, you know how it ends, but you're scared. Well, it's just, like, it's the type of thing where it's, like, you don't want it to end. Like, right now, like, I haven't finished Zeta. Like, y'all can't mm. say that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, I think that my favorite part of it was, like, the world building um, like, I don't know, even in these shows in 0079, like, it's kind of, like, dumb, but, like, I, like, the mechs aren't my favorite part of it. Like, the Gundams aren't my favorite part of it. It's all of the worlds that they've built. It's these moon bases. It's, like, bon, it's, like, Von Braun City. The different it's, colonies. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, all the different colonies. All the, like, the zombie. Like, why is, like, all of the zombie architecture influenced by, like, kind of, like, feudal Japan mixed with, like, medieval, you know, Europe? Like, why... Do they have to like wear these like out or why do they have to wear like royal outfits? Why are there no other clans like the Zabi family? Um, and I think just all of the like creative artistic decisions that comes to like okay, like why do the moon base um or the moon city and von Braun city like why do those look kind of similar? Wow, you know there's no you know development like down on like you know the Amazon rainforest and all of that is like much more you know like brutalist and like stuff like that. Uh, um, and maybe it was <laughs> playing the video game where it's just like extremely low poly and you really got to like, <laughs> um, be a little bit more appreciative of uh kind of how the series um fit much more detail and like all the architecture and all the worlds. Um, but I've really been liking that, and I look forward to see how Double Zeta um, continues to expand the world. I'm always er, oh, and also like the um the mountain episode, the fucking Alps episode. I think about that every single day. Like, why are they like, why are they holding on to like the um like you know in this world of all of this? Like they they mm-hmm. found the necessity to hold on to these like 
you know traditional architecture styles like you know like the like moon or what is the moon city called is that von braun city i think or that is, is von that, braun city yeah it's called like luna there's a couple, i don't know yeah there's a yeah. couple i think mcdaniels um, McDaniels, McDaniels. <laughs> Let's talk about it. McDaniels. Oh my god, dude! I think uh, I want McDaniel. I should like deface the my local McDonald McDonald's. That wouldn't even be that hard, and that'd be like mm. something I'd 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 die on that hill. The um, niches of of graffitis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like that'd be like funny as fuck to someone who like doesn't know like what Gundam is. They're like they just made McDonald's McDaniel like i guess that's funny um but yeah i really like the world building and everything um which like i'm like a little bit frustrated with myself of why that trumps the characters and the mobile suits um mm-hmm. but like i think um there is a nice i'm i'm hoping that there's going to be a little bit nice marriage of the world building and the kit building because like for example that um kit that you got michael that came with all of like the tanks and the little cars and like stuff like that like that is really compelling to me like in the i i almost i like the i have more of a connection with like the little car that fa drives um more than like you know the mark ii or like um like stuff like that so i don't know i'm really looking forward to see all that it all it sat with me very well sorry i just like (laughs) mock monologued for like a while about the <laughs> fucking architecture of this anime from the 80s but it's all good oh those are solid points i i really actually vibe <laughs> with you, a Tony. lot of what you said um it's you know the the human scale is lost a lot of times in yes mecha anime mm-hmm. and with gundam i think a lot of specifically in zeta gundam uh it's so ambitious like you said the world building um, a lot of these things are reminders that this is such a human conflict. Um, with all these, you know, cool mobile suits flying around, it, there's a huge scope that there's three different factions kind mm-hmm. of at, you know, at each other by the end of this thing in, in Zeta Gundam. And then you've got the idea of like, oh, well, it's not just a, this, this affects more than space. This affects more than the colonies. This certainly affects what's going on in Earth. Um and they have a a good run of what is it like fifty episodes to explore all of this, and that's a lot yeah. for a show in the you know a show of this type to take on. And I think that especially coming after Mobile Suit Gundam, that they do a good job where 0079 kind of sheltered you between you know the the colonies um, or the sides. Uh, and Earth, and you kind of always know what's going on where. You've got to think in Zeta Gundam, there's things going down, you know, with Karaba. You've got to, you know, Mm -hmm. factor in what, you know, each faction is doing when and how it's affecting the human scale. Um, And, yeah, it's it's kind of overwhelming at times. It is. I I applaud the producers. I I was having a lot of trouble figuring out what exactly – What's the point? Where are they going? What is happening? And that's like everything mm-hmm. you said, Johnny, is, is true. Like You have to worry about who is funding which faction and why are they funding that faction and where are they getting the the weapons and the de- te- technology? Oh, they're getting it from the Anaheim Institute. Uh, you know, it's all these different little things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the world building is definitely pretty awesome. Yeah, they introduce think- early on in Zeta Gundam the idea that 
Anaheim Electronics is like critical to <laughs> to what's going on. There's this yeah. other party who mm-hmm. gets paid to you know build mobile suits and design R and do R and D, and that's like a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. It's a personal you know issue that comes back in other Gundam series where you know Camille's dad is a is a who's who amongst you know designers and right. builders, and the same with Amaro's dad, and the same with Benazir Link's dad and Unicorn. It, this is a it's definitely important, and I think Zeta does it a little bit better than Mobile Suit Gundam with with that mm-hmm. relationship. Totally, totally, because it's like kind of this. It it can get frustrating if it looks like they're just kind of like pulling all these mobile suits out of their ass because it's you know it's <laughs> right, kind of like right. the whole the whole action movie trope of all the guns have infinite ammo and like you know the hero can't be shot at. It's just like you know they're kind of just making these huge spectacles just for the sake of like an action you know or the sake of action, but kind of like including this whole you know very kind of a little bit too close to how like real um you know like uh military and stuff like gets funded like with the right. whole like you know there's the R&D at um like there's the R&D like in like the the richer countries that like nobody really touches but then they're just like you know like fueling everything to like um, right they fuel all the conflicts these... everywhere else exactly yeah weapons of mass destruction it's like a very cool it's I, like, I like it's... the word like human scale. I'm gonna use that a lot because also like <laughs> human scale Gundams are just like the fucking clothe the clothing and the outfit that I like freak the fuck out about every time. Um, funny. It's but, like if, if Boeing yeah. or or some company was building Gundams right now to for <laughs> like we're not too far off from that, <laughs> <Yeah>. Christian. <laughs> we uh, like we're living in the wake of a Gundam was just built in Japan that moves a wonder. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's that's certainly yeah. one thing that all of the Gundam series got right is that if there is a Gundam, someone will try to steal it. Yeah, there are no keys. There is no lock button on a Gundam because in yeah. every single one, someone just needs to hop in and take one. And that's where we are with <laughs> industrial espionage and yep. you know mm-hmm. all of that. They got it right in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that a lot with the first season. Is just how, like, how modern the show these two shows are. Like Zeta is so modern in its politics and the way that it speaks about the world. Um, I think especially there's a couple of scenes specifically where Quattro slash Char is speaking about how people feel about each other and how people communicate that I just feel like is so important right now and just like really felt like impactful to me, you know, in 2020. So mm-hmm. I think Char the- gives some of the best speeches. Uh, yeah. He's, oh he's got God. a couple of speeches in Zeta that are worth like standing up for. <laughs> I could not yeah. agree more. Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah, the day of Dakar speech was great, and I think oh, that yeah. was like basically. I think from the day of Dakar to the end of the series, almost every one of those episodes is like just so good, and it is continually moving the story forward. And I think whenever we talked about this, the the premise of the podcast of us going back and watching anime from the seventies and eighties, I was thinking about like filler episodes and slow moving plot, and like just the same stuff happening over and over again. And that, you know, that kind of happens in 79, but in Zeta, especially the back half is like the pace of it's perfect. 
And I think yeah. that that's what's aged really well. And I think Christian and I watched the compilation movies. And one of the things that I realized is that this story does not really work in a truncated version. Like the right. the movies move so quick and like just so rapid that it it's almost like they don't stand nauseating. alone. Really, yeah, you can't. You can't it's watch no. it's hard to follow. I tried to watch. I tried to watch the compilation movies for Zeta a couple of times, and mm-hmm. after seeing all of Zeta, it's like it's very hard to follow. Um, it's kind of like I talk about in my Gundam Wing episode the language that is used in the golden era is much different than the language and the style of anime after the 2000s. And -hmm. it's kind of like Shakespeare. When you read Shakespeare, you're reading it for that flowery, descriptive language to help you become immersed in the dire straits of the situation or the, you know, the, to illustrate what it is without being there. And I think you need some of that for, Mm -hmm. Zeta and, and Double Zeta and some of the older series, you need these long, you know, uh, uh, speeches and quotes and arguments from these characters because, you know, we don't have CGI and, mm-hmm. you know, a level of uh, narrative that we have now, you know. Right. That, and that's, that works for the show. I think it's in its best interest to have Char give a speech Definitely. than to have an action sequence. Yeah. Yeah, and also, that's a super that's a super good point because I feel like a lot of like we're moving away from like TVs being like or TV shows being super quotable, you know, like I feel like Zeta has so many like one-liners from Char that like, you know, we're you're still you can like throw around um to really like flesh out his character, but I think that, you know, modern day anime and other like television about kind of like the spectacle and like the mm-hmm. show and like mm-hmm. the mission as a whole um so dang yeah we got to hold on to that and cherish all of the dialogue like wow we're still going through the old ones it's yeah. so good i mean it, it's so cheesy <laughs> sometimes but it's so good like i was watching gundam wing recently and it's like huh has it really been like 20 years since i've seen this and then i you know watch it and i'm like oh this is so good and nasty like uh, it's like (laughs) yeah it's like if somebody in the 2020 would roll up on you and beat you up and then give you like a shakespearean you know speech at the end of it or in the middle of it you'd be pissed yeah wing is is so shakespearean like hero is such a, a shakespearean character i always think about when he rips up the invitation from relina and like throws it in her face and tell and tells her he's gonna kill her. I'm just like that's so wild and dramatic. It's like soap right. opera meets Shakespeare meets mecha anime. It's insane. They would never they would never do that it. this day. It's 2020. They'd never have that. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah, it's so melodramatic, but uh, I, I love it. So Christian, um, I wanted you to uh, talk about the questions that we we cooked up for Reddit, and we can kind of use this as a uh, little discussion for the series. Okay, so we posted a few questions to the Gundam subreddit from the podcast, and we'll kind of go through some of the responses that we got. So we gave people three questions to respond to. They could either respond to one of them, or they could respond to all of them if they felt like it. Um, 
And they also had the option to ask us any questions that we would answer on the podcast. Who knows? Has Have you all taken I haven't seen all the answers. Has anybody asked us questions directly? It, I don't think we got any questions. No. Uh, no. Have the option, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, what we asked, people, here are the questions. People just want to talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did the <laughs> creative decision to add... Okay, Simon, are you ready for the questions or are you not ready for the questions? Here we go. Yeah, I just, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> did the creative decision to add many of uh, 0079's characters to, to Zeta benefit the series, given that much of the franchise does not hinge on the original cast? Our second question is, would Char have made a better protagonist than Camille? Uh, personally, I think he would have, but moving on. In a Gundam series, do you like a more seri- the more serious tone of Zeta or the lighthearted adventure of Zero Seventy Nine or Double Zeta? So, let's fuck you. Zero Zero Seventy Nine <laughs> wasn't lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think right off the bat from the responses, that was kind of the bigger, the biggest sticking point for a lot of people. And I think that the way the questions worded maybe didn't quite. Um, articulate what we had in mind which is that it's not that 0079 is a lighthearted adventure but i think that we were coming off of zeta so stuck on the ending of zeta like right after we finished it we started writing these questions and the ending of zeta is objectively depressing as fuck it's like yeah. so depressing and could not really have got been more depressing and then this ending of 0079 while it's not quite a lighthearted show the ending and the of story arc of it is like a, the far follows more of the basic trajectory of a hero's journey and it ends with amuro saving the day and everyone you care about gets to the place where you want them to right. be like char is leaving you know zeon you know fulfills his revenge plot amuro saves the day and becomes almost godlike in his powers at the end yeah. so has like come to a resolution Fraubo and Hayato are looking at each other. You know, the kids are there and they like are less annoying. I don't know. It's just like so and it's a, I, it's really impossible to look at any of the Gundam series as like lighthearted. If like it's like okay, it's like just like abstract the plot of 0079. It's like there's this huge war, like thousands of people are dying. <laughs> like, you know, like these kid like kids are like being put in mobile suits, but I think that like what we kind of came to the conclusion of, it's like, okay, it's like, you know, really horrible, but there's also like a whole episode about like a salt shortage with this like goofy yeah. chef, like trying to like, <laughs> find stuff. Yeah. And like, there's an episode about like, you know, the kids in Haro, like what are they going to get up to this time? And it's just like, I feel like Zeta kind of reeled it in and was kind mm-hmm. of like, it, it like filed the edge off of that, like, you know, pure ridiculousness of like a premise of a lot of the conflict. Definitely. However, I think that was on us for, like, kind of making it seem like we yeah. just saw 0079. It's like, oh, fucking Dexter's Laboratory-looking ass. Like, yeah. it was just, but, but to kind of speak on the responses, I think that it seemed pretty much the consensus on what people responded to for that question specifically is that the tone of Zeta kind of hits the nail on the head as far as, like, what people like. And I think that's, like what I'm kind of understanding about the Gundam fandom is that people just really cherish the series. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, something that I'm trying to appreciate is that people love Zeta. I think people really like the serious tone with the little bits mixed in of humor and like brevity. 
and I think that it does do a good job. A lot of some uh, one of the posters I don't have it pulled up, but um, he mentioned War in the Pocket as kind of a good compliment to Zeta, um, saying that it also has a very serious tone, but with some like kind of lighthearted yeah. brevity, uh-huh. childish kind of stuff as well. So obviously we haven't gotten there yet, but that, you know that's another one that I've been really looking forward to. So mm-hmm. I think you know the kind of the the basic answer to that question it seemed that most people agreed upon was that um, this tone was like so satisfactory. Yeah, I also think that another uh, conclusion that we can come fr- uh, come to from reading all of the responses is that people really liked having the original cast back. They did. Like nobody Definitely. seemed to. Um, which I kind of like, I, I think that question, like looking at it now, like it almost is like we were asking it for the answer of just like a victory lap of like the original, um, the original cast, because I think that there's really nothing to dislike about having them mm-hmm. there. I think the only thing that like we thought that some people might find frustrating is that they're not like exploring like a whole new cast of characters. Instead, they're kind of like recycling some, but I mean, I think that it really drives home that, like, the Gundam fandom just, like, loves, like, what the show is about and, like, love, like, just wants, like, more, like, on, like, more reinforcement of, like, previous, um, you know, like, wins of the show. So, yeah, I thought that that was, like, a nice little, uh, you know, uh, pattern that, uh, everybody really liked all the returning characters. So, Johnny, if you were to join the discussion, how would you answer those first two questions? Uh, the, you know, do you agree with the inclusion of so many of the original casts into Zeta? And um, which tone, what kind of tone do you prefer out of a, a Gundam series? Uh, if, you know, you're going to watch a show, do you want, do you want something more lighthearted or you, do you prefer the, the more serious tone that Zeta has? So I like both. I actually really like these questions, and I'm I'm actually just gonna chime in and say I'm very curious to see how you all might revisit these as you see more of the Universal Century Gundams. Um, but in a nutshell, um, in terms of the tone, I I like bits of both. I will say that I prefer kind of the more gritty or darker tone. Mm. But I can appreciate a healthy amount of both, and I think this is mostly just due to how I absorb and enjoy anime in general. Um, I think that you need some grounding, and I think the humor kind of grounds, you know, again, that this is a human set of stories, um, and that at the base level, that humans are kind of the ones that are affected by all of these events. So... um, I like a bit of lightheartedness to remind us of, of what's at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, like the children in 0079, that the children are kind of along for the ride is that <laughs> yeah. constant reminder that like somebody needs their ass wiped and to be fed <laughs> and someone's going to cry. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, whether Amaro and the boys are out there fighting that we still have to make room, mm-hmm. you know, for these little humans in our war. Uh, War in the Pocket does a great yeah. job of that. Um, the 08th MS team does a fantastic job of it as well. Um, so, you know, mixing it in is definitely going to prevent Gundam from being every other hardcore, tough guy, you know, mecha anime. Um, mm. 
And that's, I think that's just really important to Gundam. And as, as far as bringing in the older characters, like um, you guys did the episode where you kind of ranked, <laughs> ranked to different characters, which is hilarious. But like, <laughs> yeah, bringing in the other characters from 0079, I think was great at grounding the show in a, in a universe where some people died, some people didn't. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what is at stake. You know, you've got kids piloting these machines of war that are losing their parents left and right. And they're going to grow up to be, you know, either the next generation of heroes or, you know, the next ace pilots or the support crew or, you know, the have their own families to worry about. Like Bright Noah is the perfect character to watch where. He's not that old, kind of like Char and kind of like Armour. He's not that old, and he's taking control of you know his own ship yeah. in the middle of this war. And then you flash forward to Zeta. He's kind of like in the midst of these things again, where he's got to look Char in the face and Armuro and this you know new Camille Biden. And then now we're all the way in 2020. We're at the point of getting Hathaway's Flash, where he's got his own son. Yeah, and his own son is now about to be you know involved in these conflicts. Um, you you need a bit of grounding if you're going to have this whole universe span years and years. You're going to have to bring in characters to remind the audience of what's at stake and why. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, just give us a different flavor every season and call it Final Fantasy and, you know, don't <laughs> yeah. have it be related. And that's fine, too. But if we're going to do a Marvel universe or a Star Wars universe, you know, and have people come back or not come back, it's definitely going to ground us in believing that you know these are these are events more at stake if there's something to laugh and cry about um in the same breath i think that hits on what a lot of people were saying on the on the thread there definitely yeah one mm-hmm. thing that i i did kind of just the way you're talking about it made me think of is that it, it's the way that they brought them back um that made it so satisfying like not seeing really like you kind of get you get like a little glimpse of Amro early on in like episode four or five when Emma talks about meeting him outside of his mansion. But then you don't actually get like time with Amro until like episode 16 or 17. And then mm-hmm. the way they bring Amro back is like kind of a broken, limp man that like yeah. has PTSD. Shit on by cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, that's such a great point because it's like the way that they bring him back, they're not like. Because, honestly, I think, like, 0079, like, Amuro was kind of, like, you know, he was, like, the protagonist, and everybody was there to, like, cheer on Amuro. And, like, he could not have been brought back in a more different context. Yeah. And I also think, Johnny, that's, like, a really good insight of, like, looking at bringing back characters because it kind of accentuates the characters that didn't get brought back because right. they're dead. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> um, but, but even yeah. even characters that we lost, like Lala, like she as a character is represented so well in Zeta and the way that Shar and Amro speak about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. her effect right. is still like haunting over them. And I think that's like some of the best shit in the show is like the fact that that's still important in the second series is really cool to me. Um, and I think that's like part of the reason why I liked it so much is that it really took. I think that it really did service those characters well. And I think that's like what a lot of people on Reddit were kind of speaking on. And, you know, I think that's like one of the things that I, I'm just like so stoked about as far as the series goes. 
I was, I, just to chime in about Lala, she um allow. It's my opinion, but I think she allows Uh-oh. she allows Gundam <laughs> to become very spiritual, mm-hmm. where the show is perfectly fine not being spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that, like you said, Amuro and Char have very strong feelings about her that carry through. Again, I'm speaking of a show outside of Zeta, Gundam Unicorn. Um, has ways and and Char's counterattack of bringing Lala back. Mm-hmm. So Lala is around literally for forty years of our history with seeing these series go in and out. Um, and she's dead. Yeah, yeah, you know, and she she keeps coming back up. And for people that aren't Char and aren't Amaro, mm-hmm. so again, you know, not to spoil things, but she comes back. Um, spiritually to the series to kind of remind us of these things. You hear that, Simon? You have something to really look forward to. So fucking excited. <laughs> the second coming of Lala. You know, <laughs> I, I saw and on this... the third day she descended from the sky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw this little interesting tidbit where, um, you know, back in the late 70s, early 80s, it was still like um, telekinesis and um, telepathic communication were still considered somewhat scientifically possible. Um, there's this great book. It's called <laughs> The Men Who Stare at Goats. And uh, Bush Sr. literally funded a program to train soldiers to kill goats with just their their mental powers. And that, apparently, that like that kind of fed into the show a little bit. Uh, and Johnny, you mentioned it. That reminded me of it because um, there was, I think, a debate amongst the creators of the Gundam show how they would infuse the whole new type telepath, telepathic element into the show. Is it still science fiction, or is it getting into some supernatural kind of uh, areas? We we talked about it on the show. I personally like it. I like that supernatural element. Well, there's an element of, like, I think that, like, something that we don't really, like, talk about a whole lot, and I think that it's the fact that it wasn't developed by, like, an American studio, is that there's no, there's almost no talk of, like, religion or any sort of, like, spirituality outside of, like, this whole, like, new type idea. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, Star Wars, where, like, they don't, there's no religion in Star Wars, but there's, like, you know, Jedis and, um... Well, there probably there I, there is like religion in Star Wars, um, stuff, <laughs> but like, um, gotta cover my tracks for all the people. Um, but like, I I think that you know like they could have like you know this big you know cult uprising like in zero zero seventy nine with like all of the old people like they could just you know like cult out of there and like something like that, but they don't really have that, so it kind of makes La La spirituality. Um, spirituality kind of like something to be desired like mm-hmm, a nice mm-hmm. refreshment from the whole you know bright just yelling like military orders and everybody just like being celebrated of or for creating these super explosions so yeah. i think maybe johnny you might know this or christian somebody who watches more anime than me it like can't do you think you can do mecha anime without some sort of you know, spirituality or like tell like I don't know, like 
extra human ability kind of peppered in there. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, there are there are definitely examples of it, but I think that it's more. I think there's a chance of it being more successful to include kind of a a wild card factor, if you mm-hmm. will, um, because you know us regular folks, specifically, you know, persons growing up in Japan, you know, you can be you know, a twenty five year old veteran in America and have fought. Mm-hmm. And use all types of heavy machinery and weapons of war, but that's not the case if you you know live and grow up in Japan. Um, mm. Perhaps that's maybe a way of explaining it, but I think adding an, an a wild card spiritual element, you know, allows you to play more with the idea of how out of control we are of these things. You yeah. know, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, they have a way of including you know, the spirituality to where, you know, it's a constant reminder that these are bigger than just machines. There are souls Mm -hmm. um, at stake, you know, on on either side of the conflict for those fighting and for those who have, you know, fought and died. Um, If it's just a warmongering anime, that's easy enough to do. But how do you get someone to to feel for it a certain way. You can make them a child. You can, Mm. you know, make the situation bigger than them spiritually, or you can, I don't know, make it look cool. But the, (laughs) the, the spiritual undertones, you know, give it that, that, that factor that are so much bigger than one generation um, Mm -hmm. of affected, of affected persons. Again, you know, Lala, Lala Sune, um, you know, it, it, it's a it's a hard loss for Amaro. It's a hard loss for Char, and then it's a hard loss to think that this is a culture still figuring out new types and cyber new types, and you know what those persons' lives are like. How you know it's kind of, you kind of feel bad for the people with special powers mm-hmm. after a while. Yeah, should you be an instrument of war, or should you be taught about what your powers are? You know, it's kind of the Star Wars thing. <laughs> The Mandalorian, yeah. it's like, all right, well, you need a teacher or you need a mentor or, you know, you need someone bigger than you that understands the, the scope of this thing bigger than you to, to be a part of this. Otherwise, you know, we're just shooting beam lasers and, and fighting each other. And it, it, it's, an, it's just it's literally just another war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Tomino kind of talks about it as being a vehicle for empathy. And I think that that's kind of what really speaks to me with it is that like, it is two people empathizing with each other and feeling each other, um, you know, in the middle of a battle. And I think that without that, you're just, yeah, it's just beam sabers and guns and it's not nearly as compelling. And like mecha anime is already kind of like inherently unempathetic because it's the whole premise of it is that you abstract these humans to like unhuman things you know like very other like very few other i mean that's not like really present in any other i mean i'm trying to think of like an anime that doesn't or that has conflict that doesn't revolve around mechs you know it's like it's already humanizing because like you're like in like you know Dragon Ball Z or something like that, it, or Naruto. I I've never watched Dragon Ball Z, but I've watched a lot of Naruto. <laughs> um, but like the the whole idea of like you know hand to hand combat, hand to hand combat. 
um <laughs> in gundam but uh i i think that like the whole kind of like resonating with like kind of with like two people inside of like the mobile suit like that's like incredibly powerful especially when you know the next shot is like zoomed out and there's just like explosions everywhere with these you know creatures that don't look humanoid you know like they're very obviously like these like he-man structures um so yeah and it's also interesting to see all of the ways it seems like uh in zeta they tried to have a ton of different ways for you to try to like empathize with the war effort by having like both you know like a mass gassing of like a colony Uh um you know the fighters being or the 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 people in the war you know having these like really horrific backgrounds and then also having this you know struggling with like a spiritual element um or having individual struggle with spirituality they kind of like combine all of them to make to find you you'll like you'll find some way to resonate with the conflict um yeah like which just makes it appeal to a broader audience so i don't know i really like how they included like spirituality I think if they went too too heavier on it, it wouldn't have been as, um, it would have been a bit too heady for me. But yeah, I think that's a great opportunity or a great time for us to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we will talk about some more Gumpla, and uh, then finish up just with our final thoughts on Zeta. So we'll be back in a minute. Hey, what's up? It's Simon from The Robot Show, brought to you by Simon and Michael and Christian and Alex. You should leave us a rating on iTunes, also a review on iTunes. It really does help us out. Um, There's a lot of shows, some of them about robots, some of them not about robots. <laughs> Listen to a couple of those in my time. But um we like to we're making good content i think and it'd mean a lot because uh rating review um really boosts it all uh so yeah um if you like the show um leave a review we like reading it too and a rating would be great um other than that thank you so much for listening it really means a lot it sounds a lot of times like i'm just shouting into the void about a show that came out um a, a while ago uh, but it really means a lot. Thank you so much. Um, enjoy the show. Or if this is placed at the end of the episode, I hope you enjoyed the show. Or if this is placed in outside of the context of an episode, have have a nice day. Sp- and s- support firefighters. You know, one of the reasons why we got into doing this uh, project and one of the things that we really want to do with it is to, at the end of watching a Gundam series or movie, we're also going to build one of the model kits from that series as a way to kind of talk about it. So we did that with the first season, and now with Zeta, we've all come, uh, you know, with our fresh kits that we've built. Um, so I think the most, the most interesting kit that um, the three of us built uh, is definitely Simon's, and I'm I'm like really excited to talk about it because this is a kit that I know means a lot to you as uh, you know one of the kit in the show, and I know that you've really enjoyed building it. So uh, Simon, why don't you tell us uh, what you built and why? Simon built Psycho Gundam, <laughs> and he built it on one basis, and that it is the um the Gundam that four pilots. 
uh, throughout the majority of the show, um, and only four pilots, because actually in one episode, somebody else tried to pilot it, and it didn't go very well, right? Yes. Am I correct? Yeah, Ben Woodard mm-hmm. tried ben to pilot Woodard. it, and he mm-hmm. ran it into a building. Um, Epic. <laughs> and then Rosami <laughs> pilots a Psycho Gundam at the end, but I don't know if it is the exact same Gundam or if it's a... It's like a different color. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. I don't know if it'd be the same model or not. Yeah. Like the same... anyways but yeah no i uh can talk i would love to talk a little bit about my like building process so it uh arrived at my house one day before i had to hop on a scary scary plane um and go across the country so i kind of like a real life gundam if you think about it (laughs) um but i had to uh put it in (laughs) well food for thought um but i had to put it in my suitcase and the box was huge, and it occupied probably, like, half of the space that I had allocated in my suitcase, which was, like, again, a really fun, funny thing to unpack in front of my parents when, like, they're, like, really? Like, you allocated, like, that? Like, did you bring anything for us? It's, like, no. <laughs> it's like, um, But it, um, yeah, I just kind of, like, dived right into it. It took me two days to make of kind of just, like, building it all day pretty uh, slowly, and... Um, it is like easily twice the size of any other model kit that I've built so far. I think I've built like three other ones. Um, and yeah, it had screws in it, which was really interesting. interesting. It came with like, yeah, I had to like reinforce the torso. And the reason I think that is, is because it has like a transforming feature because in the show Psycho Gundam like goes into this like super ugly, gross, like box (laughs) spaceship, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh shape and i haven't i haven't been brave enough to do that transformation uh with my gunplay yet because uh i mean i i'm like i'm coming from the standpoint where like it's like all of my um other ones are like just like super fragile and i don't want to you know have to like tear them apart or anything but i think i'm gonna try that after the podcast because i already kind of like did my photo shoot with it um today but yeah, it was really cool to see all the engineering that went into having like sliding pieces, not just like static pieces with like, you know, hinges and stuff. And I think that the biggest, um, the coolest thing that I found, or my favorite feature of the Psycho Gundam is the fully articulated fingers, um, which I kind of makes me want to get into like higher grades uh, of Gunpla because I kind of like the detail um, that you can do with all the poses. Mm. I had like so much fun doing like the little photoshop or photo shoot because like i'm home with my dogs and like i have one dog that's like a little chihuahua um so like putting the psycho gundam which is like as big as he is like next to it like it was like really funny he was like scared of it it was like um but it was it was a lot a lot of fun um yeah any of y'all have any questions about my build process you did did you do any no i don't sanding or did you any of anything yeah. special with but it? I, I found okay, okay. This is like this is a hot take of like, you know, me having built like probably four total, um, thinking that I know everything. But I found the best way to like clean up the like this the nub marks is still with like an exacto knife. I like I love that more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then if it's like rounded, then I kind of can use the file or like a a nail file. But I find it, like, every time it's so frustrating when you try to, like, file down um, just, like, a little nub and you end up just, like, scratching the entire, like, flat coat. Um, 
Johnny, do you have any advice for that? Um, actually, having somebody who's uh who kind of like assembles uh Jumpla a lot more frequently than I do. Um, what or how do you like prevent scratching huge surfaces while using um like files and sandpaper? So there. Okay, that's a great question. There's <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> a few things for for one. Um, just kind of have to know the story before you start it um okay kind of knowing what the end result of your tools is going to be is helpful um in general but with this issue you're going about it the the right way um fixing the nubs (laughs) if i am off so that's that's you're doing fine but with tools there are sanding sticks and there are sanding sponges and these sponges are softer, and so they will have some give to where they will work on a curved surface. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing, is knowing when to use, like, the sticks versus the sponges, a curved surface or a flat surface. And then the mm-hmm. other part is knowing um, what grit might help you avoid marring the surface. So, again, mm-hmm. like, if you're using a finer grit, you're, you know, you're going to get closer to polishing that that side than not mm-hmm. and like you said if you like have a nub on a like a flat surface or a matte surface where you don't want it to be shiny um then you have to ask yourself you know like like am i you know how worth it is it to clean this up a certain way like should i just cut it and file it and be satisfied or should i cut it file it and then spray it with a you know, a top coat to give it that flat finish oh. again. So that's kind of one thing. It's just, you know, deciding how far you're willing to go mm-hmm. to preserve the look and then deciding what tools are best to get I you there. I think that is, like, one of my favorite parts of, like, building Gumpla is all of the micro decisions that you have to make um, while, like, assembling it. I think that's, like, um something like, in common with, like, everything that I do, like, coding, it's the exact same way. Like, when you're, like, making a video game, like, you know, you have to, there's all of these decisions that you have to make along the way that, like, go towards the end result, but it's, like, it's reacting in real time to kind of, like, what you have in front of you. That's why, like, I love, like, in this, it's, like, okay, like, this piece won't be super, super visible, so, like, maybe I, like, don't even try to, like, like, file it down because I, that, that might, you know, I, I might do something that I regret, you know, or, um, you know, if something is going to be super visible, it's like, okay, maybe I'll set that aside before, like, until I have some, you know, like better exacto blades or like, maybe I'll replace the blade and like, do like, you know, one big, like no scope on all of like, you know, the really critical parts. Um, and I just like love that decision making that you have to do because also like every single kit is going to have pieces and shapes that you've never seen before. Like you're going to get like unique shapes unique curvatures, unique, you know, like, vertices of, like, where everything's meeting, and you have to, like, you know, make decisions in real time, so I, I don't know, I, I just, like, it's not so much, like, uh, you make one decision at the beginning, and then it's all downhill, it's, like, no, like, up until, like, the, I'm, like, assemble finally, like, putting the arms into the torso, like, I have to make sure that I'm using the right tools for the job, um, which is, like, also fun, because, like, I've expanded my tool belt, like, in making this, like, uh, in making this so like i'm really looking forward to just like seeing all the tools that i'll accumulate throughout the time i think you're at the point simon where 
you're probably going to start moving beyond like kind of the basic tool set. And yeah. I think that's like, that was like a big, you know, like investment that you have to kind of make is like finding out which, you know, the higher quality tools and, you know, getting a little bit better nippers. But, um, you know, I think that that's like just something that you kind of grow into, but it just kind of depends. One, one thing I am wondering, I tried to kind of look this up real quick on my phone is I believe that that kit, the cycle Gundam is older yeah, it's definitely a little bit old. I think it's a uh, two thousand, ah, like two thousand four, two thousand five, oh, something wow. like that. That's wild. That so it must have come out right probably after of... new new translation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like they really did a lot of reissuing and stuff, or not like reissuing, but they like put out a lot of Zeta content around two thousand five. Mm-hmm. That's wild. So, uh, Simon, how did that compare? Because so f- at the end of the last season. You built the uh, Shar Zaku from the Origin series, oh, so which good. was so a good. brand new kit. Um, yeah. So, uh, how did that compare as far as like the technology of the build and like the quality of the plastic? Did you feel like it was pretty different? So I didn't even know that, but having that uh, that contrast actually makes a lot of sense. I think <laughs> that throughout the year, or to my understanding and like Johnny feel free to just like fucking roast me if I'm not uh, <laughs> it, like I, I again I'm like I'm coming at this from a toddler but like I'm just like excited about everything that I do and I'm so excited about uh making Gumpla but it seems like so when making in making this I think I'm going to use like the articulated fingers as a case study they're not so worried about how fragile everything is um they mostly just like want to get the look right and making the zaku that thing is like i don't know johnny have you built um char zaku the like pink one the high grade the origin zaku um yes yes i have not but i've i've seen plenty of them and they're that's a yeah. great kit it's a tank. It's like I could drop it on the floor and I think that it would be fine. Like all of the way yeah. that everything, all of the structural integrity of every piece complements every other piece. The This still feels like a little flimsy and there's like some, you know, there's some uh, cold bond, like there's some things that snap together where it's only one bond that's like reinforcing it. With the Char's, uh, the Zaku that I made, it seemed like every single thing that I made you know, the entire formation of the arm complemented how the elbow, uh, like, you know, fit together. So I think, and like, cause like, yeah, it's like the fingers, like they putting those together. I think, um, I, uh, I said, uh, some cuss words a couple of times, which <laughs> big, no, big, no, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that being said for like 2004, like, I mean, super super sturdy and i was able to like pose it without like having to be like oh god the link fell off again again. but um exactly that's like the worst part (sighs) when you're like when you finally get to like posing it and then the arm falls off and you're just like is it even worth it um one piece that keeps falling off yes oh my gosh you hate it (laughs) oh one thing that i will comment on the psycho gun i guess i should have saw this coming um given how it exists in the lore but it didn't come with any weapons Oh, <laughs> and the show just, just like it shoots stuff out of its fingers yeah exactly and then like i kind of like opened up all of the runners and i'm like oh like there's no cool there's no cool because i don't know i i love the way that the weapons look in like the because they can like print so much detail on them and i think that like sci-fi mm-hmm. guns i don't know um are really really cool 
Uh, but this didn't come with any weapons. It came with, like, a huge shield that you put on its arm that, like, makes it immediately topple over. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, which, like, kind of sucks. Um, but other than that, it was really fun. Its feet are huge, uh, which I, is really helpful mm. for how uh, you, you know what they say is. about Gundams with big feet. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's rich. That's rich. Oh, the yeah. Speaking of that, well, not speaking of that, I'm not going to talk about Psycho Gundam's monster schlong that it has. Uh, <laughs> but it comes with a like spine piece, which I thought was really interesting. I've never seen that before, and I mm-hmm. think it was. Um, I'm not really sure why that is, though. Actually, looking at it now, like it's. I think it's just to make sure that the waist attaches to the torso a little bit better. Um, but it was like kind of weird, like putting the spine piece in because it felt like I was like making a person um, with like a nervous system. But anyway, yeah, I had like a ton of fun making it and I kind of liked the size of it more than the smaller ones. I like, cause that, that is like an option that I'll have moving forward. Right. Like I've been making the one, one forty fourth models. Um, and I could be making like the one sixtieth models, which are like, you know, the size of psycho Gundam, correct? Uh, I don't know. I guess well, like that would probably be similar to like a one one hundred scale, right? Yeah. yeah so like the psycho, the the psycho Gundam, the gimmick of your kit that you built is the size. It is to scale. Yeah. Like in the show, it's huge, and it's huge uh-huh. compared to you know a normal scale Gundam. Um, but your that that build is more like a one one hundred or a perfect grade size. Yeah. Um, but the details I, are definitely high grade. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Which kind of is a weakness of it. It looks it well. I like I at first I was like a little bit frustrated with the lack of detail, but I actually really like because it looks like how it was animated in Zeta. Because like obviously, if you're animating stuff, you have to sacrifice a ton of detail because like you're not drawing like it's frame by frame animation when they did it in 1985. Like, right. I don't know. I think that's, like, something to, like, um consider when people, like, always shit on, like, the um animation quality of, like, the old 0079. Like, it was frame by frame. Calm down. But, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a 2004 kit for sure. Yeah. You know, a lot of builders, yeah. they have this rule of thumb where if it's pre-2010, you know, you got to think long and hard if you're going to touch it. Mm. Um, mm. And that's kind of a, I mean, it's... You know, follow your own rules of thumb. Make your rules for yourself. Uh, but, you know, in general, it's like you got to decide, am I going to want to clean up a bunch of nubs? Do I want to paint it? Am I going to detail it? Right. How much work do I want to put into it? So. Yeah. Um. Overall, it was really fun. I will uh, – I'll post in the Discord a pic of it. I'll transform um, to see how that goes. You might just, like, see it, like, in complete shambles. Um, well, it's funny because the transformation, it's not like the Zeta where it transforms into a plane. Like, no, the cycle gun just like, transforms into like, a square. A yeah, rectangular like prison. Like, yeah, then I could probably like throw it at the wall and it'd be okay. <laughs> like, it just really like cr- goes in turtle form. But do you, all yeah. think, do you all think that like that is obviously a kit from 2005? Do you think that that kit exactly was like produced in 2005 and it's just been sitting around? Or do they like reproduce them? With the they same reprint um, okay. the Gundams with the same molds. If they modify any part of it, they'll just tell you, um, mm-hmm. which is not common. But yeah, they're just like the same old Gundams reprinted over and over and over again. 
That's so cool. Yeah. It's really cool because some people specifically collect the older kits for their mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. weird it's unique like trading cards. Properties. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like first edition. Well, it's there's so like in like old magic cards, for example, there's like misprints and stuff, and I bet there's like examples of that in uh like older gunplay, like you can get really into the whole like time stamping it. But that's enough about mine. It was a lot of fun. I was like, I'm really glad I got the weird one because I kind of like looked online and it has this like reputation of being this just like weird like model <laughs> kit because it's so chunky and big. It's a chunk. Um, yeah. Chunker. Definitely. So big. what would you rate it? What would you rate it out of 10 uh, bright slaps? Um, <laughs> I'd give it, honestly, we're holding back one bright slap. Okay. It's a nine out of 10. Okay, we're oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No. Damn. I no, in the in the reason for that is uh I never uh, <laughs> the reason for that is this is the first um model kit where I didn't have to command Z a ton of times. Um <laughs> at one point when I realized that I I inserted a piece incorrectly. Like it just like I just like no scoped this one. Like it was uh it was like so satisfying to like never have that like Oh God! Like this, uh, these two pieces look very steps. similar. And I, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. It did. I I do have like fifteen extra poly caps at the end of it, which I was like a little suspicious. About. <laughs> yeah. Those but are the, think... the you just chew on them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are the the snacks. Oh, I yeah, see. You're supposed to eat those. <laughs> All right, Christian, tell us tell us a little bit about your uh, your Zeta journey. Uh, what, what happened with here? the Gumpla? Okay, so it's incomplete. I'm gonna be totally up but i so i was looking at uh model kits to get i didn't want to get the 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 main ones because i don't know it just felt like a boring choice and i wanted to go outside the lines a little bit and i stumbled you're not like the other girls <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> and i found this uh rx 121 uh gundam and it's uh it's supposed to be a prototype of the Mark II that shows up in in Zeta, so it's like it's from the beginning, the days of the Titans. Um, so I, oh, I thought that'd be a cool, a cool uh, build. If I, I mean, this won't do anything for the listeners, but if you guys want to take a look, it's it's a really cool, beefy looking kit. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, I like the shoulder pads on it, but it's really cool. Uh, oh, cool! That's one of those advance of Zeta. Yes. There you go. Yes. So. Oh, the knees! The knees are so good. Oh that my kid goodness! That does not yeah. skip leg day. Yeah. Sure. No, I, I love it. Do you guys know uh, know about the advance of Zeta lore and what that is? I do not. Bits and pieces, but so, honestly, nothing. It is an kind of a a universe or a situation where um it takes place and follows the what is called the titans test team okay and they are a group of titans where they are simply testing and fighting in different battles using exploratory brand new gundams that's so cool are designed to be interchangeable um oh, and shit. used in specific engagements. So those model kits are all of just experimental Gundams used by the Titans. Hence the colors that are dark blue right. and 
the mm. whites they get different color schemes but uh yeah it's it's weird it's, there's no there's no anime there's no um story other than a series of um i guess like series a collection of novellas in Dengeki Hobby magazine that follow this. So there's no anime to oh, watch. Wow, that's really obscure. Um, I don't know if it's been <laughs> translated or not. But yeah, so it's just like weird experimental kits that like kind of overlap during um this time period. That's so cool. Hey, yeah, they're Donnie, very, I'm so very happy cool. that you're here to like tell us this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's cool that Bandai releases kits from the mangas and these like mm-hmm. interesting side stories and stuff and you know and even like some kits are from just just from video games, you know. I think that's like kind of a cool, you know, avenue to go down, especially with high grades. Like, I think it's cool to have these different designs. Like, like the Moon Gundam. Whenever I built that, I was like, I want to watch this, like in an anime so bad, but it doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. like, I have to find the you know bootleg translations of the of the manga. So I think that that's like a really cool thing. And. Yeah, I'm really thankful that uh, Johnny knows what that is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, the thing. That, like, I didn't know what these things were until I kind of went and looked up, you know, on this brand newfangled internet with all this information. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, again, like, it, this stuff didn't exist once upon a time. So, like, saw Zeta Gundam, you know, years ago. and like, oh, Advance of Zeta, what's this? Like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, that they're making these kits. Um from stuff that's not covered in the anime or even in manga, you know, sometimes. Now I want to get yeah. all of the uh, advanced Zeta model kits. Wait, it's Christian, did you end up building that uh, Gumpla then? Yes, of course I built it. Very nice. <laughs> just, the, just the torso? Just the torso. Just the little guy. <laughs> it looks good so far. I like it. Yeah. But I'm stoked. Cool. Michael. Yeah. Um, Christian, Christian. Did you get another suit as well, or uh, did that one? Not uh, I got a Nemo unit, and uh, it's it's late. It's way past its delivery date. I'm I'm wondering if it's gonna be one of those ones where it just never shows up and they refund me. Oh no! Yeah, but I really hope that one comes in because it's master grade. So yeah. I was excited to put that together. Mm-hmm. Michael, which one um did you create uh for the series? I built this guy so long ago. Ooh, Hayakushiki. It's so, so I built good. The, this is the high grade Hayakushiki. Um, and so one of the things that I kind of personally wanted to work on with the show is finding little ways to improve my technique without you know without getting too crazy or investing a ton of money as we continue. You know, because each series I'll have an opportunity to kind of try something mm. new. Totally. So this was the first suit that I had ever um, really, like I painted one other one, but it was custom colors. So this mm-hmm. is the first time I'd ever painted one trying to stick to its original color scheme. So I got the high grade um, Haikushiki, which comes like, the when I opened up the box, I was so surprised at how mustardy the color of it was, because <laughs> like, he's supposed to be gold. <laughs> Yeah, but he comes out yeah. like it's like mustard yellow. It's like he Yuck. looks like Dijon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I bought some metallic gold, and I don't know if you can kind of see. I'm holding it up to the camera, but totally he gives a, little, a little bit of a shine to him. Definitely not that like mirror gold mm-hmm. um, that the Gundam base version of the high grade has, but it is um, definitely better than the mustard uh, color that it came with out of the box. How did you go so, about painting it? 
so the whenever the only other time i've painted a kit was i painted the um high grade leo unit um part of the reason why i wanted to paint that one was because the, the kit cost ten dollars yeah so it was yeah, like yeah. you know a nice experiment and so with that one i built it up and then like basically masking like taped up little sections and mm-hmm. then painted it and um, that one was kind of battle damaged too, so it didn't matter. But this one I wanted to look pretty clean. So since I was only going to paint the mustard uh, pieces gold, mm-hmm. and also because I I like kind of tested one to see if it would if the color would come through if I just painted over without priming it, and it came through pretty well. Mm, cool. So I actually just clipped every single piece out of the runner and then put them into little buckets. So oh like, my God. Uh, like runner A, runner B, runner C. Bro, that's a dangerous. Game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, I looked up. It seems like people have different techniques. Some mm-hmm. people will build the whole suit. It seems, and then take it apart yeah, and paint. That's what I've seen a lot. Or, oh. Or like, some people will paint it as a built suit. I think I've seen like some things. I don't know how that turns out, but I found like the, I thought for this since I was just like. Each of these pieces looks pretty different because mm-hmm. it's all the outer armor. So I thought it was pretty safe. And honestly, it worked really well. Sick. Whenever I was building it, I just really had to pay attention to what pieces I was picking up, mm-hmm. um, really making sure they are what I thought they were. And I think one of the best parts about it is that when I was uh, you know, cutting all the pieces out, I could be very, like, I didn't have to be as cautious. I could just, like, clip them out with reckless abandon. Because they're getting painted over anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I like am so surprised at how much I like this kit. It is very poseable. The articulation's really good. I'm like pretty proud of the paint job to be honest. I was doing it while I was working. Like I was taking ten minute breaks to like <laughs> go go paint it and then, you know, just check on how it was drying. Yeah. So other than some cosmetic damage or like some like lazy cutting I did on the bazooka. I think other than that, it's like pretty sick. I'm like pretty pleased with it. So that looks like, so good, Michael. Yeah, I would say I'm. I would also give this a solid eight out of ten bright, bright slaps, slaps for, mm. especially for a high grade. <laughs> Johnny, have you built this one? You know, I I was looking at that, and I actually have. I uh, for my Zeta video on YouTube, I built the Gundam base version you were talking about of the Hyakushiki Revive. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the gold plated version yeah. of that kit so it does come out looking you know right out of the box it's shiny reflective electroplated uh, plastic parts that look pretty pretty sexy that's so um, cool yeah no it's pretty co- it's pretty cool um it's definitely a fingerprint magnet as any electroplated <laughs> kit oh, would yeah, be I so i when I, I assembled it i assembled it you know with my bare fingers and then i took one of those cloth gloves yeah. and just massaged it like, <laughs> you know, weird gundam massage to yes. get all of the all of the fingerprints off <laughs> when it was done and when i was posing it so uh, that was pretty that was weird and satisfying but good intimacy <laughs> did it grant you a wish but after I also... you finished rubbing it down after you finished <laughs> you know it. instead of granting me wishes uh the parts started flying off so I was handling it a little bit too <laughs> a little bit too rough but you know I, I worked it out but I um, I posed uh I posed that that uh, kit with the Zeta Gundam the real grade Zeta Gundam and the real grade Mark II Gundam along with the um in the show uh you get the mega bazooka launcher with the uh, Shakushi that blue yeah. 
the blue gun that he can kind of fly through space with also. So yeah, cool. It like launches guy. itself and he plugs it into um the other like mobile suit to charge it up. So yeah, cool. exactly, exactly. So I was able to find one of those to pair it with and then um there is the Dodai Kai, the little blue kind of flyer that they use on yeah. Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found one of those and I put the the real grade Mark II on oh, that. Sick. So I have a little kind awesome. of a vignette of like the uh, the heroes going into battle. That's so cool. Uh, together. Um, but yeah, no, all of those kits, you know, I kind of, I'll give them a B plus mm-hmm. um, in terms of kind of like being able to represent the series and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. look good What's the... and be posable. What's the um, conversion rate from B plus to bright slides? Oh, that's it... right, that's right. We'll give it, you know, we'll give it nine nine bright slaps. All right, eight to nine bright All right. Slaps. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Hyaku Shiki is is really sexy with that gold plating. So I've got to give it, you know, some extra bright slaps, and then the yeah. um, the oh. you know the the little bit of extra emphasis on being set in the lore with the mega bazooka launcher and the dodai kai you know that gives a a little bit more a little bit more on the bright slap scale so yeah eight to nine bright slaps from a little set there nice yeah before we wrap up i did quickly just want to touch on alex's kit since alex is off uh he's out uh going to mount kilimanjaro so he's not on the podcast today (laughs) um so he got the uh gundam mark ii the titan color the real grade um, which I have also built, but in the regular color, and I do like that kit a lot. I think that it has a bad rap, the real grade uh, Mark II, but I think it's pretty good. And I would say it's one of my favorite to look at as far as my kits go. I think that the detail, especially when you panel line it, is really good. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm assuming he had a similar experience. Maybe he didn't. Um, maybe if uh, I get a hold of him out on Mount Kilimanjaro, I can... Uh, you know, put a little segment inserted here where he talks about uh, his Gundam Mark II experience. But oh yeah, I also have I do have the real grade Zeta sitting on my shelf, not built. Um, be I'm patient. Afraid to, I'm afraid to pick it up. <laughs> I'm afraid to start it. Just be um, patient with it. Oh yeah. man, it's a weird kit, but it looks yeah, cool. Just, I think that it's the Zeta. You know, as we move into now, kind of wrapping up our coverage of zeta um and just kind of wrapping up this episode i do i like love the design of the zeta gundam i think it's one of the coolest designs that i've seen and like you know taking into account all of the series i think that it might be one of my favorite designs i think it's a very cool gundam yeah so i felt like i would feel bad not building it but i am like i'm waiting for uh, a couple days off that i'm gonna have coming up to to really sit down and work on it Um, so any final thoughts about uh, Zeta's kits? Uh, any kits that you wish existed or anything before we continue? I think I might actually um, get the uh, O kit of uh, Shirako. I think I might do you that should. as a little bonus. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know if, if I don't know if there's like a huge like fandom of it online. I like hope there oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's, like, the weirdest-looking little guy ever. And then I looked at a picture of the kit, and it does it a lot of justice, which I think is kind of cool. Like, to capture that, like, weird um, geometry and everything. I think I might get it. That might be my and it's a present. big kit, too. Oh. Um, like, the mobile suit itself is also very large, but so comparatively, the kit itself is a little bit bigger, which is cool. It's a, it's a chonky boy. Yeah. And the oh. master grade. If you can find the master grade, scoop one up, because... 
it hasn't been reprinted for a while, and it's going okay. for about two hundred and fifty dollars if you can find the master grade Ooh. kit. So if there's one lying around your hobby shop for like a hundred bucks, buy it and just flip it on eBay or something ridiculous if you want to buy it. But uh, we'll do. I want to be yeah, like wild. the resident like big kit builder, Simon yeah, Big Kit Hobby. I love my big kits. Oh no, I need the big think- kit. I think if you like the Zeta kits, uh, definitely invest in the high-grade line because, mm-hmm. again, you can get a lot of those kits in high-grade form. Um, some of them are maybe more difficult to find in the master-grade form, but they're all there for high-grades. Hell yeah. yeah. It seems like most – I feel like Zeta has a good line of kits altogether. The only – I really wanted to build the – Quible, Quible, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Cuble, Cuble, yeah. I think that, I think that that kit's kind of like I think that design of the mobile suit is actually pretty cool. Like at first I thought it looked ugly, but now it's grown on me, especially after seeing it in the series. So I might have to pick that up for Double Zeta when we get there, because I believe that mobile suit sticks around in the next series. Those those points. It's got those big shoulder pads and yeah. that pterodactyl looking head. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really iconic, you know. All those Zeta kits and Zeta mobile suits, they just they're so unique and so creepy and weird. They oh. just Zeta stands on its own for that reason. Definitely. Yeah, very animalistic in some of the ways that the the designs are. Um all right, Christian, I want you to kind of uh start us off here with your your final thoughts on Zeta, your in memoriam of the show. Tell us, tell us generally how you feel, and you know, put a nice bow on it. I think uh, Zeta. I think from everything we've gathered and everything we've talked about, Zeta. Uh, my personal, relatively uninformed view is very influential uh, on the rest of the Gundam franchise, and I think it it deserves a lot of respect. And uh, you know, as a show that got a little bit of a longer leash. Um, I think it did exactly what it was supposed to do as a sophomore follow-up to 79. So, yeah, I think Zeta deserves a lot of respect. I think you should watch it if you're a Gundam fan. Give it some time, give it some love, uh, and enjoy it. Yeah, I'll go uh, real quick. I Yeah, I agree. I think everything you said there is great. I think Zeta is the perfect second season of this franchise, and you know, I think we were all hyped off of the first season and we couldn't have, you know, I think we were all surprised at how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Double Zero Seventy Nine was was great and surprisingly watchable. And I think Zeta just improves upon that. Um, the pacing of it's really good. There's not a lot of filler other than a couple of episodes are a little cyclical here or there. But for the most part, everything is is pretty streamlined. Um, the plot is complex enough. There's, a, you know, just enough brevity to, you know, make the the darkness surrounding it a little bit more palatable. I think that the design and the animation style is incredible. Um, I think we're right in that sweet spot again, which I've said many times. Like, I, I think that this animation style is perfect. I, I really love it. Um, I think the amount of detail is great. And the music is also incredible. I can't, I don't know. The, the intro songs, to me, like I could talk about those all day. I think both of the intro songs are incredible. Yeah. The ending song's great. 
Like I, I could see myself rewatching this every two years or so. I think it's a really good series, and you know, I'm glad. I'm like glad that I've been able to save it until now and appreciate it in this way. To be honest, so mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate, and I'm like super excited about where where we go from here. So um, I'll pass it over to Simon. Uh, McDaniel. Um, I really. <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm really looking forward to the series with a ton of episodes. When we were doing the initial ranking, we were just like, "Oh god, this is going to be a drudge to get through." But like, I kind of loved it. Like it made me I don't know, there's a bunch of different like plot lines and stuff, and I thought that it was like I really like longer form uh Gundam series, mm. I think more than I would like something that has to try to like fit it in in like 15 episodes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think you all covered it really, really well. Looking forward to all of the mobile suits, of course. And also I'm like, I'm really looking forward to, to see how they experiment with like, I don't know. I think I'm going to coin, uh, Johnny's word, but like the human scale of, uh, moving Mm -hmm. forward. Like Mm -hmm. they, like Sarah's outfit, like we like kind of like, you know, talked about it to death, but like, that's cool that they just didn't like do another generic like star trek looking you know outfit they like kind of are experimenting with like the human scale of it so i'm really i'm looking forward to that moving forward yeah Mm -hmm. all right so johnny whenever we very first uh started this podcast before most of these guys had watched any gundam at all we did a a tier list kind of like we did for the characters in one of our last episodes but we did this based off of nothing so we ranked all of the Gundam series basing based off of like not having seen them at all, just off of their reputation and name. Um, and so I'm just looking back at it now. Where so do we the, put Seda? The, so the grades were perfect grade, master grade, high grade, take it or leave it, wolf, trash. So bad it's good, and why does this exist? <laughs> And the thumbnails that I have for these are really bad, but it looks like Zeta's actually in master grade. Oh yeah. I think that I think that that's probably where I would that put sounds it, having about seen right, it now. Yeah. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. For for comparison, we did also put 0079 in master grade, but I believe in our wrap up episode we said that we would maybe put it in perfect grade. Yeah, I think Zeta belongs in master grade. Just like Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. What do you what, think, Johnny? What, as far as like yeah, you've seen a mo- it sounds like you've seen most of the series. For you, where does it rank as one of your favorites? Uh this may or may not be a popular opinion. Um, but I'm probably gonna throw Zeta Gundam into perfect grade. Damn. Okay. All right. Yeah, high All right. up there. You might have some thinking, people come for uh, you, but I think that's a lot of people would agree with that. It seems like uh, I feel like I mean they Gundam. can come for me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> no, I'm an I'm an OG. You're gonna have to like argue me down to you know come for me. Um, you got to ask yourself really like how many other perfect grade Gundam series are there? Mm-hmm. And I really don't think there are you know that many. I think mm-hmm. if there are gonna be some, one of them's got to be Zeta Gundam. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yeah. you say, it gets a lot right following 0079. I think it gives a lot to be explored 
for the time between the one year war uh, and the grips, grips conflict. I think that the mobile suits, you know, really are their own characters. Mm-hmm. They have some crazy and awesome designs. I think that the show does a lot to, you know, manage the, like we've been saying, the human scale of things. Um, and a lot of other Gundam series, you know, lose out on one or some of these categories. Zeta really holds a lot together. Uh, even though, you know, something as simple as the relationship between Char and Amaro, yeah. um, or Char and everyone else, you know, it, it's that's something they couldn't really explore quite as well in 0079. Mm-hmm. And they wait until 2000 and what, 2019? For the origin to give Char his own origin <laughs> yeah. story and series, like it, you know. So again, but until we have that, Zeta is kind of the best thing um, for exploring oh, yeah. some of these relationships. Yeah, I will say that you know, having not seen ninety percent of the series, I think part of the reason why I, I'm hesitant to put it in perfect grade yet is just because the possibility that something is better. Right. As far as what I've seen, there's only one series that I would consider to be at par with zeta i'm not gonna say that because i'm not gonna say which it is because um i don't want to spoil anything but yeah i would say that i can't imagine much being better to be honest and i think that you know when we look back and recontextualize everything i think that i would be surprised if we considered much to be better than than zeta but i think there's a lot of master grade gundam series but perfect grade, man, that's tough. That's that's really tough. Yeah. yeah. It's a hard question, Julian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So I think that does it for today's episode. It was a long one, and uh, we really appreciate Johnny for sticking through. <laughs> yeah, thank with you, us. Johnny. <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of feel uh, bad. I hope I wasn't too long winded with no, any of this. No, it was no, a great time. No, we loved it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. We're we're so thankful to have you, and you know, thanks for coming on. So uh, one more time, tell our uh, subscribers where they can find you um, on YouTube and, and where else they can find you. So if you just do a search on YouTube for Mobile Suit Black Man, uh, Black Man, one word, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> anyway, Mobile Suit Black Man on YouTube and Mobile Suit Black Man on Instagram. That'll bring you right to me. And just tune in, subscribe, like, ask questions, and uh, – yeah, we'll see where we go from here. Yeah, we're definitely going to oh, yeah. have to bring Again, you back on I, for sure. Yeah. I was oh, for say, sure, definitely. I was going to say, um, yeah, definitely give Johnny's channel a watch because I think that he does a really good job of covering, like putting the, the models in context of the series and covering the lore around the series, which I really appreciate as well. Um, I think you're on season two of uh, of your uh, YouTube show or um, kind of like the second uh, little, uh, you know, season of it, but it, it is really good. And I did want to say, if you did want to come back for one more series or movie, uh, which Gundam series or movie would you choose? Uh, you know, put me down for Stardust Memory, definitely. But I'm okay. game to come back whenever. You guys are doing great work. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, Johnny! I, you know, I'm no, I'm 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 down to clown. You know, yeah. one thing you won't see me do on my YouTube channel is is play with my Gundams. I'm I'm not that type of channel. Uh, I'd rather just talk about the nitty gritty. So, cool, awesome, yeah, but yeah. We'll Stardust put, Memory. We'll put you down. We'll put you down for Stardust Memory definitely. for sure, if not before then, because uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. 
So, um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, please leave us a rating and review if you can. You can uh, find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, Facebook, I think, Reddit. Reddit. We're around. We're everywhere, just, just about, yeah. And thank yeah. you, thank you, DJ RX78 for the intro. RX79, baby. So much. Yes. Yeah. Or RX78. RX78. I got the 78. Yeah, RX78. Yeah, yeah. Guys, come on. I'm just keeping on your toes. Testing you. It's not the first time. Thank you, DJ Psycho Gundam. DJ Psycho Gundam is so cool. They like make like rave music. Holy shit. All right, and again, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, And bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.